Welcome to the Feel Good Running Podcast. No matter what level runner you are, and whether you prefer road or trail running or both, you will find this podcast informative, motivating, inspiring, and entertaining. We have interesting guests, running-related information, inspirational stories about real runners, and much more. Now, here's your host and a longtime runner himself, Jim Lynch. Hey, runners. How are you? Seriously, how are you? It's exciting times. The first two major USA marathons since COVID, Chicago and Boston, are now in the history books. And so many more live races are being held all over, everywhere. My name is Jim Lynch, and this is my podcast, Feel Good Running. Welcome to it. I'm so glad you're here. And if you like it, share it. Yeah share it. Well, yes, live races are back and it feels so good. If you completed either Chicago or Boston, congratulations. And of course, if you completed any live race so far this fall, I am proud of you and I hope you had a great experience. I even completed my first live race in about two years at the Denver Hot Chocolate 15K and I even exceeded my expectations. It was great to be out there running, competing, and finally being around several other runners. We've all been waiting, hoping, and training for this comeback race season. And I want to especially thank all the race directors and volunteers for hanging in there and doing everything possible to bring back live races. Yep, I've set up a way that you can share your experience with other runners. And all you have to do is go to feelgoodrunning.com forward slash my race. And there are instructions for you to record a brief message about your race and experience. I'd love to share your live race experience with others. And you can record up to five minutes from your phone, laptop, tablet, any device that has a microphone and internet connection. And I will feature several of you on an upcoming episode. So please consider participating. Your live race experience story will inspire other runners. So again, go to feelgoodrunning.com forward slash my race. And I can't wait to hear about your experience. So excited. Well, I have a great show for you this episode, but before we get into the news, got a special surprise for you. Two former guests on my podcast ran the Boston Marathon this past Monday, mother and son. How awesome is that? Karen Oslin is 78 years old and she achieved her lifelong goal to run and finish the Boston Marathon and to make it even more special, her son, L. Balmer, also achieved his goal and he cut about 50 minutes off of his personal marathon PR on Monday in Boston. And I had the opportunity to talk to them. And I would like to share my conversation with them, with you right now. How did they do the start? Because you mentioned something where you got off the bus and there was no hanging out in Athletes Village, I I understand. Um, I, I really enjoyed the way the start took place. You know, it allowed you to kind of get off the bus, take care of anything, you know, uh, pre-race, you know, go to the restroom and just kind of get your stuff ready and there's just walk your way to the line and just go. And so there wasn't that mass of people that in the beginning you're worried about tripping over or bumping into and, you know, and so it, it really 
when me and my mom took off, there wasn't a lot of people at the start. So I just felt like it was a nice way to begin. You know, I got to be there with my mom and give her a hug and then we got to get going and, and just kind of, it gave us time to focus on ourselves versus, you know, uh, weaving in and out of a lot of people. The start to a lot. Uh, and one nice thing was I couldn't believe how many porta potties they had. There were not lines. Usually every race I go to, you know, you're waiting 15 minutes in a line to use a porta potty. And that was so nice to just go. And they just, they must have had a hundred porta potties. I don't think I'm exaggerating. Do you think, Al? Oh, maybe even more. It was packed. And so you just got right in. Uh, they had people there. You could bring a gallon size bag with anything in it uh, on the bus. And so anything you could throw it, they had a separate bag for clothes you wanted to get rid of. And I started running in my jacket. I didn't run very far in it. Uh, and a lady there helped me get my jacket off right at the start. You know, my watches were keeping it from coming off my wrist. But they had separate bags and they said they were going to donate all the clothes. And I think that's really nice. It sounds like it, it very interesting. And, you know, now with chip timing, well... It's been around for a long time, but it's getting even more and more advanced that it, it doesn't matter anymore. I don't mean to be repeat myself, but it, w- it was nice not to have that mass of people just waiting for the gun. So then I asked Karen and Elle, how did they feel out on the Boston Marathon course? So I just I couldn't believe the spectator support along the route. Um, a lot of them were playing just music that really got you to feel good and keep on running. Um, I, I did have a few physical issues, like after the halfway point, I got uh, very bad cramps in my calves and I had been taking these, uh, salt, salt sticks. And I think it caused my tummy to hurt too. So, but I powered on. And when I got near the end, I was really doing a lot of walking because I, all I wanted to do was finish and get that medal. And so today I'm having some regrets that I just mentally didn't push through it and get under six hours. <laughs> but Al had a great run. Al, you did 432, huh? Yeah, I know. It's pretty amazing. I'm still like kind of in shock myself. My best marathon before this was a, a 520. And I, I trained real well. I, I had a really good training before the Boston Marathon, but I had a foot injury happen last weekend. And so I came into this and I was real nervous about my foot and I was struggling to put weight on it. And so the whole bus ride over, I was kind of in my head just thinking about how I was going to get through this race. If I was going to be limping my way to, I mean, I was going to do it no matter what, but I didn't know how rough it was going to be out there. And so when I took off, I was just shocked that you know, I was running as fast as I was and I was feeling a little bit, but as I got going, it just kind of loosened up and it kind of almost got numb a little bit and I could deal with that. But I, I kept looking at my watch and I was just amazed at how quick I was going and I wasn't really even trying. I was uh, I was just trying to run within myself. But I think because of, of all the training I did and the heat in Austin and you know, it, it, it's a little bit more humid. And of course, when the humidity's high and the temperature's high, it, it's a lot different than when the humidity's high, but the temperatures are cooler. So I, I just felt like I was running within myself the whole way. It was just amazing. Now, were the Wellesley girls screaming when you went by? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were screaming. And uh, 
but they were they were staying they were keeping their distance you know behind the behind the all the guardrails and everything yeah <laughs> no kissing this year they blew kisses <laughs> they blew kisses yeah yeah you can hear them screaming from quite a distance away and it yeah. gets louder and louder and louder as you get closer so it, but you know this year the a boss we went by boston college and they were just as loud yeah. by boston college yeah, yeah there were a lot of sections that were probably comparably just as loud hmm I, I still always remember the left turn and going down Boylson <laughs> Street and yep. uh, and how amazing that is. Karen, how did you feel when you made that left turn and you were going down that last stretch? I knew I was going to make it. I knew that I wasn't going to be last. There were people behind me and I knew I'd get that medal. <laughs> that was my goal. <laughs> so I just, it was like, I can see the end. I'm going to do it. <laughs> you both put a lot into this goal. Uh, yes. Started quite a long time ago. And I remember talking to you, Karen, you were getting a little bit nervous because it was a pretty insurmountable amount of money that you were raising. Uh, yes. I didn't think I could do it. What's amazing, Jim, is, you know, I was just really surprised my friends, you know, how much they contributed, but they were all there with me. I got hundreds of comments because most people I asked for like 50 cents a mile, which was $13 or a dollar a mile. So I had like about 300 people that donated and they, I just got all these comments. They all watched me and they told me how it inspired them to do something. You know, one a person said it, he can't run anymore, but it inspired him to at least get on his bike. And I just, it seemed like it made other people so happy to see me do this. It made everybody happy. And, you know, every <laughs> time you put out an email, it just was amazing. It did come through that you were very appreciative of everybody yeah. that supported you. And the same with Al. Uh, it just seems like everybody came to your, your goal and were a part yes. of your goal. And that's why probably most of them watched you as you were running and cheering you on. And it, it's just uh, amazing. So do you have any final thoughts on, uh, on your race and uh, where do you go from here? Well, <laughs> it is pretty amazing run. I, I don't think I could ever, you know, really improve too much on that. So you know, I want to, I want to move over and do a lot more halves. I really enjoy the halves and, and, uh, it was such a special day. It would be hard to ever replicate or top, top it in any way But you know, I, I kind of mentally want this to be always how I kind of remember the marathon, but I won't stop running. I, I just want to move over and do a lot more halves, you know, and, and, uh, so it was, it was a wonderful way for me to go out an amazing experience and to be there with my mom and have her in the same race. I mean, it, it was a very special day and I'd just rather hold on to that as my memory. And for me, I'm uh, the same way. I, I, I really didn't think I'd ever do another marathon, but when this opportunity came up to do Boston, I had to do it. And I feel too, like, you know, you never say never, but it's probably my last marathon. And I like the halves. The halves are just really comfortable and uh, easy for me to do. I mean, I guess they're not easy, but they're easier. <laughs> well, congratulations to both of you. I am so proud of you. And it was fun going through your journey with you all the way from the start when you 
decided that you were both going to do it. Uh, and Al, I think that was, you know, shortly after you and I did our podcast episode, recorded yeah, it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to see how much support you were getting and then closer to the final day and then Karen's your final email that you sent out last week. And <laughs> and that oh. was that was amazing. And now you're done and you have a medal and you can get on the plane and say, <laughs> I'm a Boston Marathon finisher. I'm thinking I'm going to wear my medal or put it in my backpack because I don't want it to be, you know, check luggage or anything. <laughs> oh, no, you carry that thing with you. No, I never put, I never checked one time a medal from a race in a bag. I always had that with me. You know, we got the golden unicorn. Fred's jealous because uh, I guess in 97, which was the 100th Boston Marathon, and in this one, the 125th, our unicorn is gold. (laughs) Ah, well, you know, he may have to go back out and do another one. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm so proud of both Karen and Al for accomplishing the Boston Marathon. Karen is such a near and dear friend to me. And to do that marathon with her son, Al, just what a memory, huh? You got to love it. You know, if you're fortunate enough to be able to do the Boston Marathon or have done it, definitely a memory that you are never going to forget. And I still remember mine and my experience that particular day. And I still have my medal and, and how exciting that is. It's one heck of a goal that you will accomplish as a runner. Again, if you're fortunate enough to qualify and get into the Boston Marathon. And anybody out there that's listening that has done the Boston Marathon in the past or did it this year, congratulations to you. It's uh, it's one heck of an accomplishment. And, and so is any marathon, actually. So if you've done a marathon already this year, congratulations. And there's still some majors out there. New York City's coming up uh, in just a few weeks. The Colfax Marathon here in Denver is this weekend. I'm going to run the Colfax Half Well, I'm going to participate. Let's say I'm not going to be running the Colfax half. I'm going to participate, but hopefully I'll do a good job uh, and be proud of myself because it is an individual sport, this running thing. All right. It's great that races are back, but we need to move on. And it's time for this episode's running news. Searching anywhere and everywhere? Get ready, because it's time for this episode's inspirational feel-good running news. If you're a listener to my podcast, you probably are a devoted runner. Someone who can't miss a day or can't imagine life without running. You're probably someone who thinks the most exciting time on the calendar is when it's time to buy new running shoes and, oh... That new shoe feel and smell right out of the box. Nothing like it. Or maybe you're just starting out. Or maybe you know someone you would like to inspire to join you and get started in our sport. I'd like to take this time to offer some tips and a little inspiration to get you or someone you know off the couch and out the door. We all know that it's hard to keep going when you first start, but I think the following information is worth repeating, and there's a few tips even you veteran runners may find useful. 
First, create a schedule and track it. The first step in getting into the habit of running is deciding how much and how often you're going to do it. It's important that the amount you choose here is sustainable, which in the beginning is probably not a ton. You should track your success to keep yourself accountable. Gradually, you'll get a good streak going, and at that point, you'll be motivated, and all that matters is that you don't break that streak. Second, design your environment for success. You know you'll be too tired and burned out when you finish your workday. Try running when you're fresh in the morning. Move your alarm across the room so you have to drag yourself out of bed to turn it off. Then hit the pavement before you hit the snooze button and definitely before your body knows you're too tired to do it. There have been hundreds of mornings, yes, I said hundreds, and all the years that I've been running that I didn't want to get out of bed and run. I could have easily rolled over and went back to sleep. But as hard as it was, I got up, put on my running shoes, and headed out the door. Most every time, once the cobwebs were gone, I had a great run and felt fantastic the entire day. And that feeling, the one I felt once done, was the constant motivator for me to get out of bed each day and get it done. And I know it can be the same for you. Third, use the two-minute rule. The biggest hurdle when starting a running routine is usually getting yourself out the door. If telling yourself you have to go out and run two miles sounds too overwhelming, try starting with just two minutes. Anyone can go out and run for two minutes, so it's much easier to wrap your brain around. And once you're out there, you'll probably run for much longer. Motivation often comes after starting. There have been several times I get so energized running that I add an extra mile or even more. And I do so with a smile on my face because I know how I'm going to feel when I'm done. And finally, find a friend and pre-commit. There's nothing like peer pressure to get us all to do something we don't want to. Get a friend to start running with you or try joining a local running group. During my last mini-sode, I talked about my passion for running groups and they are especially effective for beginner runners. Chances are you'll run into somebody that's brand new to running just like you. And it will open up a whole new world for you. And I guarantee you will meet some new awesome friends. In addition to these helpful tips, I wanted to share some quotes from professional runners and others that I found to be really inspiring. And you know what? If you've been listening to my podcast, you know I like running and motivation quotes. So here are some words of wisdom to get you jazzed about our great sport of running. So here's the first one. If you run, you are a runner. It doesn't matter how fast or how far. It doesn't matter if today is your first day or if you've been running for 20 years. There is no test to pass, no license to earn, no membership card to get. You just run. And that's from John Bingham. He is called the penguin in the running world. And he's a running writer and speaker. And I've had the opportunity to meet him. The second quote is, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And that is from somebody unknown. And the third quote is from the late Fred LeBeau, the New York City Marathon co-founder. Rest in peace, Fred. 
In running, it doesn't matter whether you come in first, in the middle of the pack, or last. You can say, I have finished. And there's a lot of satisfaction in that. The fourth quote, most people don't run far enough on their first win to find out they've got a second win. And that's from William James. The fifth quote, running has taught me perhaps more than anything else that there's no reason to fear starting lines or other new beginnings. And that's from Ambie Burfoot. The sixth quote is, feel your run, feel your race, feel the joy that is running. And that's from Kara Goucher, U.S. Olympic distance runner. The seventh is from Jim Ryan, the first high school athlete to run a sub four minute mile. Motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. And the eighth quote is from someone unknown. No matter how slow you go, you're still lapping everyone on the couch. And the ninth and final quote is from Dr. George Sheehan, best-selling running author. It's very hard in the beginning to understand that the whole idea is not to beat other runners. Eventually, you learn that competition is against the little voice inside you that wants you to quit. Hmm. So true. So in the show notes, I've included a link to this full list of quotes for you to read through and be inspired to get up and get out there. And if you just Google running quotes, you're going to find so many more. So remember, there's always been a first step to everything we've ever done. So if you're new to the sport of running, welcome to your first step. And if you've been running for a long time, take a moment to reflect on your first step and what it was like when you started running and the accomplishments you achieved and where you are today. And share your story with somebody brand new into running. They will appreciate your words of wisdom and inspiration. Who knows where they'll go from there and the accomplishments that they will achieve. You did and so will they. I've run a marathon in all 50 states plus D.C. and am a certified finisher. My friend and I committed to this goal on the Verrazano Narrows Bridge as we waited to start the New York City Marathon in 1998. Yeah, starting lines can make you think irrationally, right? But we kept that commitment to each other and both finished that irrational goal eight years later in October of 2006. Throughout those years, I had good races and bad, but there was always a story to tell and a memory made. Recently, I ran across a kindred spirit in Seth Elsheimer. He's an associate professor of chemistry at the University of Central Florida, and he has also completed marathons in all 50 states. And get a load of this. He's run 300 total marathons. Now, that's a lot of miles, my friends. He started with a 5K then he pushed to a 10K. Then it was a half. Then it was in the mid-90s that he bagged his first marathon. And guess what his motto is? It's a quote, just a little further. Counting his daily mileage and training, the almost 70-year-old estimates he has now clocked over 44,000 lifetime miles. Alzheimer's says, I don't get nervous before an event anymore because I know it's either going to be a good race or a good story. 
You know, some of us have completed marathons, and there's several that have completed a lot of marathons. And I started to think about the reasons why some of us have been compelled to run a race in each of the 50 states. Now, for me, I wanted to do it because I loved running and wanted to challenge myself. And to do it with a best friend made it even more special. The 50 State Marathon Club has 4,890 members in all 50 states, D.C., and 21 foreign countries. And as of the date of this episode, there are 1,655 runners that have finished all 50 states. Now, not all of them are certified, but completed them all the same. And to be certified, you must submit proof of your finishing time in a sanctioned marathon. My friend David and I finished 277th and 278th. Now, 50 state members have run a combined total of more than 334,000 marathons. And the club was founded by my friends Steve and Paula Boone in 2001 and my friend Dave Bell from right here in Denver that I run with on Wednesday nights is the vice president. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think that he's run over 600 marathons. To join, a runner must have completed a marathon in at least 10 states. And I've included a link to the 50 State Marathon Club in this episode's show notes at feelgoodrunning.com if you're interested in learning more. Thinking about 50 and 50 got me wondering why, why, why are some runners so fanatical about reaching this lofty goal? What compels them? Is it the physical challenge? Is it the mental stamina required? Is it just plain old bragging rights? Well, here's what I've learned by hearing from some of them. According to Tom Adair, one of the 50 states marathon club's founders, we are all bound by a common love of running, a common desire to see the vast areas of our country, and the common affection of meeting and sharing our experiences with other runners. Paula Boone put it this way. The actual running is really difficult, she said, but I love to travel. That's my favorite thing to do. It's really the best way to see the country. For example, one race took Paula to Minot, North Dakota, a town that's not in many travel brochures. The middle of nowhere in the middle of nowhere, she said. And I can relate to that for some of the marathons that I personally have done. Jody Reed, a 58-year-old lawyer from Ashburn, Virginia, ran her first marathon in 1987 and has now done 152 marathons, including at least one in every state. And to her, it's the camaraderie of the sport. Speaking from Milwaukee, where she was about to run another race, she said, at this point, it's the friends that keep me going. I'm here with a friend who I met last fall. We've done several races together since then. It would be a very unusual marathon where I'm not with people I know. And not just people I know, friends. Ross Brennan, a 57-year-old from Washington, D.C., ran his first marathon in 1990. Back then, he says, marathoning was just becoming a thing. It was still a little bit exotic. He didn't set out to run 50 and 50, but it just sort of happened. 
He was running a lot. He was on vacation. He ran during work trips. But it was only then, when looking at the spreadsheet he kept, that he noticed he was covering the country slowly but surely. So from 1990 through 2016, he completed all 50. He now has 71 marathons, and there's no plans to stop. While that may be eccentric, as Ross says, it's nothing compared to some members of the 50 State Marathon Club. Ross said, "I remember being on a shuttle bus in a race in Montana or somewhere, and this guy said to me, 'It's number 11.' I said, 'Cool, man. Are you going to do all 50 states?' He replied, 'No, I I've done all 50 states. This is the 11th time around. Runners, I'm telling you, that's a fact. 50 State marathoners are amazing people." And as for me, your host, running the 50 states was for the challenge, the excitement of visiting different cities that otherwise I never would have visited, and exceeding anything I ever thought I could accomplish. You know, one thing I did find about the smaller cities, which I loved visiting, the people I met are very proud of where they live, and I was proud to be a part of their community, if just for a day or two. You know, a lot of people make it a goal to visit all of our 50 beautiful states, but only a few of them plan to run 26.2 miles during their visit. If you ever have a dream or a desire to run a marathon in all 50 states plus DC, go for it! I have this beautiful 50 state finisher award from the 50 state club. It's the most prominently displayed and cherished award that I'm so proud of, and I will be until my last day on earth. Believe me, if I can do it, so can you. The memories are insurmountable. Take a listen to episode number 45 as. My friend David and myself, we reminisce about our eight-year, 50-state marathon journey. It was a lot of fun to do that episode. There's a link to it in the show notes for this episode at feelgoodrunning.com. Just remember, you can do it. You're better than you think you are, and you can do more than you think you can. I'm not sure of your age, and those of you younger listeners may not be interested in this piece, but listen anyway, okay? And why? Well, it may not seem so now, or even an iota of a thought in your mind. But take it from me: life goes by at lightning speed. And guess what? One day you wake up and you're over the hill. A senior citizen eligible for senior discounts, like at Denny's and IHOP, and you get that irritating ARP information in the mail. So, what is this ARP thing, anyways? You ask. Well, just ask someone over fifty; they'll explain it to you. Not happily, but I'm sure they'll explain it to you. So, when that over-the-hill time arrives, what does that mean for your running program? Do you quit, or do you possibly get better with age? Well, I've been contemplating how to keep my passion for running alive, as I'm now in my later years, and recently ran across some very interesting ways to keep the competitive juices flowing. I really want to keep up with my obsession with running as long as I possibly can. So first, you think that as you get older, you should slow down. Well, not necessarily so, as I've come to learn and actually found out recently when I ran the Denver Hot Chocolate 15K. I exceeded my expectations. 
And what I found is that even if you are not a superior genetically gifted athlete, which a lot of us aren't, there are numerous ways to maintain and increase endurance and performance while aging. And it doesn't need to slow you down. Take the book written by Joe Friel called Fast After 50. The author Friel argues that the most potent forces that affect aging have to do with behavior and lifestyle. He writes, there is reason to believe that the major contributor to the performance decline in athletes as they get older is nurture, with nature playing a smaller role as we age exercise behavior nurture appears to play a significant role in how our given genetic biology nature plays out recently i read an article about the book in outside magazine online that was written by nick heil based on his review of friel's book he found that as much as 70 percent of your athletic power after turning 50 remains under your control Friel believes the key lies in intensity, that is, consistently jacking your heart rate into the upper echelons of its potential peak. Yet intensity is typically one of the first things to vanish from your workouts, maybe even your races when you hit middle age. That's because many athletes drift into long, slow distance, not because they are no longer capable of redlining, but because this type of training feels less taxing. But all those intervals you did in your more competitive, younger years, you should have never stopped. If anything, they become more vital as you get older. Heil's perspective, based on his research, suggests that rather than slowing down as we age, we should be speeding up. He states that really intense, hard workouts followed by deliberate recovery sessions will build your strength and performance. It's the fundamental concept behind use it or lose it. But there is a twist. Don't just use it, push it. He states that a great way to build strength and intensity is to set a goal for a race, then map out your training program so that you hit your goal at the peak of your program. In addition, there are lifestyles and exercise regimens that can build you back better, including things like lifting weights. Heavy weights over time will develop younger muscles because it will increase the body's production of muscle building hormones. And eat more protein. We need more protein as we age and we should consume it over the course of the day so our body can process it more efficiently. Plus, we need more sleep. If you can avoid an alarm clock, do it. Sleep as much and as long as possible because sleep is the key element in keeping us strong. And a word on recovery following an intensive workout. We've all heard about active recovery. But as we age, we need to engage in passive recovery. Take one or two days completely off for the greatest benefit. And finally, remember to be balanced. While intensity and performance are the goals, we all need to avoid injuries as we age since recovery takes longer. Moderation and consistency are the best ways to ensure longevity and success, counsels Friel. So we've all heard the adage, 50 is the new 30 or 60 is the new 40. For me, running will continue to be my fountain of youth well into my later years so that I can be as healthy and happy as possible. And, and of course, I'm always happy when it involves running. I included a link to Joe Friel's book, Fast Over 50, 
Joel's blog and Nick Hiles' Outside Magazine article in the show notes for this episode at feelgoodrunning.com. All right, runners, I hope you enjoyed and were motivated by this episode's running news and information. And also the words from mother and son, 78-year-old Karen Oslin and Elle Balmer, who just reached their goal of finishing the 2021 Boston Marathon. So inspiring, and I'm so proud of my friends. Runners, I know we mentioned several quotes in our news segment, but I cannot leave this episode without one more. And this is for all of you that have and will run a fall race and after you cross that finish line. And it's a very simple quote, and it's from Nike. Start unknown, finish unforgettable. Let me repeat this again and really think about this quote. Start unknown and finish unforgettable. That is who you are. You started unknown or you will start unknown. And when you finish your race, you're unforgettable. Well done, runners. All right. Remember, we want to hear about your fall 2021 race experience. Please go to feelgoodrunning.com forward slash my race and record your experience. You will inspire other runners. And if you think you are unknown, then here's your chance to tell the world I finished unforgettable. Again, go to feelgoodrunning.com forward slash my race. Okay, that is it for this episode. Please share this episode and this podcast with your running friends and on your social media platforms. I would deeply appreciate it. So until next time, please be kind to others, even when some are not kind to you. It is so good for the heart, mind, and soul, and it is the right thing to do. Right? Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please consider sharing this podcast with your running friends and on your social media platforms. To access the show notes that included all the resources and links for this episode and to access past episodes, go to feelgoodrunning.com. Until next time, keep motivated, keep focused, and keep on running. It is sure to make you, well, feel good.